2: track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights plus original programs minor league broadcasts and local pre- and post-game shows go to mlb.tv to start your free trial today blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trademarks used with permission
3: wgr sports radio 550 presents we got at nate geary sports and uh, nate says
0: merry christmas to everyone except for tom brady who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching
3: the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't (laughs) watching a documentary. (laughs) Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage on WGR. You good? Not little Okay, He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550.
1: All right, good morning. Welcome in. Sports Talk Saturday, Nate Geary. We've got uh, a great schedule for you. What happened? Anything happened this week while I, was, uh, while I was away? I wasn't away. I was just doing my normal thing, which is working a standard job and golfing a little bit and enjoying Thursday night football with my good friend Zach Jones, who was here with me. And uh, it was a late night. We got home at a decent hour, though. It wasn't like 3 a.m. or anything. We got out decently early. It was yeah, it was decent. I was in my car by one thirty. Yeah, you can't which, beat that. You no, know, exactly. I can't beat. You that. You can't beat that. I will say that was like the one of the fastest games. It from flew start by. To, that thing flew by. Like it, it ended a full hour earlier than we had it on the schedule for. Us, so that was uh, thanks to the Bills. I for will that. tell you though too, the game kicked off around eight twenty. Like it, it, did. They weren't playing games. No, they, they did all their pre-game or you know pre-ceremony stuff like ten fifteen minutes beforehand. I have no complaints. Zero complaints from me. All right, so uh, in order to properly talk about and and recap the game at the highest level possible, I have brought some reinforcements in today with me. Uh, Aaron Quinn from Cover One joins me live in studio. So now he gets to really get the full experience uh, of the beautiful, sunny, delicious Amherst Studios. Uh, Did it hit all the marks you wanted it to hit? I think the
4: true experience was watching you just wolf down (laughs) that Taco Bell breakfast. Like three minutes before so going live it's on a like It's a lot like Fight risky. Club, Aaron. It's, it's a lot
1: like Flight Club. You never talk about what we do off air. That, that's a very important Rule key. Rule number one. Rule number one, you never tell Behind people the about the Taco Bell that I yeah. eat before the show. Zach has learned the hard way. You never tell people what I eat off, oh, off air because... Yeah. Your mentions. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Know. Listen, I, I'm known as a... As a um, like I've like a golden palette. So yeah. I, I don't want to disappoint people yes. when they know I'm slumming at the T bell in the I, morning.
4: Yeah, when I think of the best palettes I know, I definitely refer to right to you. Right to me, yeah. which which makes sense. Yeah. Um
1: so yeah, man, obviously Thursday night, 31 to 10. Uh there is a lot to sort of dive into with this game. Yeah. How we're gonna structure this first hour with you with me in studio here. Is the first hour we're gonna talk almost exclusively about the offense. What you saw, um some of the things that you know they can clean up which they absolutely can Josh Allen would tell you um that after that first half there was some things that they that they wanted to clean up and then the second half of the show we're going to talk about the defense which you know probably could have its own hour, um, just based on all of the success that that side of the ball had during that game against the Rams and what they did the line of scrimmage and um, what I, I thought the linebackers playing. All right, I I said I, I could talk about it for an hour and I was literally about to start talking about it. So let's start about let's start with the offense. Yeah, we'll get to the defense after because you know I, I think there's a lot to go on in that side of the ball. So first and foremost, Aaron, let's talk a little bit about this uh, the game plan and particularly the first ten scripted plays, which you know. Um, you know, I know you you uh, you follow Steve, or I don't know if you follow Stephen Ruiz or not, but I know and I know your I, sort of thoughts yeah, about him. I on see
4: the- his stuff, yeah, for sure. So uh,
1: Stephen and I have chatted uh, a few times before, and. You know, I thought he actually made a a good tweet during this game, which was, um, you know, let's not overreact to the scripted plays. Let's see what this looks like when he's got to react, when he's got to adjust, particularly in the second half. Before we talk about those adjustments, let's talk about that scripted 10-play script that the Bills just walked down the field like they had played in – like the offense had played a half of football for every preseason game. They looked yeah. like a seasoned, well-tuned machine. I've got to admit, it just – it was refreshing to see um, all the personnel groupings, Aaron, but what was your, your take on Ken Dorsey's scripted play as he came out uh, looking to exploit a defense that, you know, off, coming off the Super Bowl, really won them that game, if you remember Aaron Donald, towards the end of that game, against the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, just, it. the Bills haven't always started
4: out fast on offense. It really started to click eight, nine weeks into the season last year for them to come out and to establish this type of dominance where this is a team that we watched the Patriots for years just march down the field, come out, get hot, have those scripted plays, march on the field, and put up points. And almost every game they went into, they started with a 7 nothing lead. Like That was just how they rolled. They would come in and, and get on the board first. The Bills have been doing that since about week eight last year, and they haven't stopped. Right, And that's what, to me, was most surprising is we've come back – I expected not to pick up where they left off, to have to kind of work their way back in, not having Beasley, having some rotational pieces on the offensive line, some new pieces that really didn't play a lot together with real bullets this year. So I thought this would take a little bit more time, especially against an Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey defense, where I don't know that that defense is as good as maybe advertise the week ahead of time. But when you have high-end players like that, they can disrupt a game at any point. Like a a Aaron Donald strip sack changes a football game, especially when you're letting a team hang around uh, 10-10 at half, right? So – they did a good job neutralizing some of those good players, and they didn't shy away from going at Ramsey. I think that was one of the things early on. They did
1: not. Yeah. Seven targets in that game. They got Diggs right from the start. Six to seven, 100-and-something uh, yards, two touchdowns, and a perfect passer perfect rating, rating when targeting Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Yeah.
4: It started right on that first drive. They went right at Diggs. A couple times on that drive, uh, uh, Moss got involved with a nice catch. For me, we do a drive of the game. Uh, this was in consideration for the drive of the game for us. But there was a nice drive coming out of the second half again. That's right where uh, I think to the point Ruiz wanted to make when you see the adjustments what the defense has done for a half what does Ken Dorsey do then and then we saw him kind of double down even have a better drive to start the second half so really an incredible performance by Dorsey Uh, Greg Thompson on our podcast brought up a great point on our preview show that not enough people were probably talking about the idea that it was all can they be as good as Dable like that Mm. was the ceiling but Nobody talked about the opportunity for Dorsey to be better. To be better. It could be better. Everyone's talking about it's probably going to be worse. It might not get to the level it was, but not a lot of people are saying, hey, this could even get even better. And watching Thursday night, that was my thought. Like, hey, this could get a lot
1: better. Yeah. And By the way, 803-0551-888-552-550. I know we don't normally take a ton of calls on this show, as I do a lot of interviews. Feel free. If you want to get a thought in, if you want us to talk about something offensively here, uh, we'll open the phone lines to you and give you an opportunity to ask Aaron or I uh, you know, what you guys want to talk about today uh, about the offense but for now um Aaron and by the way we had in in studio right now Aaron Quinn of Cover 1 he joins me to uh to help break down that Bills Rams game. There was a lot to break down and we just started talking here about that first offensive drive but it was I want to talk about some of the flukiness and some of the randomness in that yeah. first half as well because I do think that there was a level of still rust even though there was a a a, a very there was a feel of refinement there was a feel of we know what we're doing, we we practiced this game plan, and they executed, I thought, really well, especially in the first half. There was a, a really, there was there was a, almost like a, a mind towards execution, a mind towards flow, and um, every play had meaning to it. There wasn't yeah. any, like, you know, random, they were just going to turn around and hand the ball off, zero yards, and, like, just move on to the next play. There was purpose to everything that Ken Dorsey did. Talk about some of the randomness, though, in that first half. I mean, obviously, the James Cook uh, fumble, just a tough break. I mean, his first NFL carry. Yeah. And, and Maybe a little tense. Maybe a little tense. tense you know, a, a little nerves, I'm sure. Um, and then you've got the interception, the first one that kind of just bounces off the chest of Isaiah McKenzie and into the, you know, into the arms of, the, of right. that Rams defender. And then the other one, which, you know, I, I was watching, you know, maybe get up yesterday. Rob Nikovich was saying, like, I know that's the one that people are looking at Josh Allen. Maybe that's Josh Allen's fault. He's like, I would have liked to see the receiver right, come fight, back to the ball a little bit. And a little yeah, bit. and come back to the football. But <clears throat> overall... Three turnovers. That team goes into half with a tie football game ten ten. I think that is. And Josh mentioned it after the game. Like they were stoked going into the half, knowing yep. that they were tied at ten with three turnovers.
4: Yeah, I was. I Lashawn McCoy mentioned it on one of the ESPN shows as well of saying. Uh, you know, even though it was tied, the Bills dominated that first half and they kind of pulled them back and they were like, Why? Why? How can you say that? And he's like, If you went into those two separate locker rooms, they're having very different oh, conversations, very different conversations. At, at half, right? Yeah. Like Sean McVay's like, Hey, we're getting dominated. They're getting hits on Stafford. Like, we can't get the ball moving. Where the Bills, like you said, the offense was consistently moving forward except for those few mistakes. The Right now, the only team, in my opinion, in the NFL that can beat the Buffalo Bills is the Buffalo Bills, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they're going to lose games, it's going to be these types of mistakes. And then the defense isn't really able to hold up and some explosives happen. And teams are able to sort of stay with the Bills in a close game. And maybe they continue to lose some of those close games uh, this year. We, won't, we might not know because this team could boat race you. If they're cleaning up those yes, mistakes, they can. this game should have been a 45 to 10 football game like easy and my only concern going into half I, I will say I felt good going into half my only concern was how often the defense was out there and in that type of weather not playing a lot uh, together in preseason was this could get winded real quick and luckily the second half the offense started to click and and did the defense a break and you could see sort of that windedness on the other side of the ball which we'll talk about later but uh, that was my only concern is the defense continued to go out there yeah. and make stops Especially and at some point at some point, you get enough stars, a couple missed tackles happen, and that's what gives up big plays against a really good defense. So I'm glad they held in that second half and kept it 10-10. Uh, but, yeah, to go into the half, knowing you were dominating is a good thing. With They knew if you're going to have another three turnovers, yeah, maybe that game's yeah. a close game. But if you play the type of football you know you can play, you're good.
1: You know, and part of the conversation, obviously, it, it immediately goes to Josh Allen. There's a couple of different things I want to talk to you about with Josh Allen. But I, what I wanted to talk to you about is – I think, not necessarily a new phase, because I do think we've seen this at times from Allen under Dable. And I think I want to maybe go back two years to week one where they came out throwing the ball 16 straight times to open that game, right? A lot of that happened from the pocket. And I think it's easy to say, okay, when you've got Cole Beasley, you can play from the pocket and get rid of the ball quickly. The thing is, Josh Allen's game really lends to him holding the football. He holds the ball longer than just about any quarterback in the league outside of like Russell Wilson and, and Patrick Mahomes. What we saw on Thursday night was a mixture of him extending plays, making yes. plays out off script, off schedule, outside of the pocket. But where I was most impressed was, I mean, he goes, he finishes the game twenty six to thirty one. I mean, eighty three percent completion percentage. I mean, Aaron sixty sixty five percent of those came in less than two and a half seconds. His average yeah. time to throw in that game two point one nine seconds, yeah. the fastest of his career. Now that he and I kind of want to equate this to maybe a pit an elite pitcher's you know, sinker. I'm thinking of like Mariano Rivera, right? Sure. And sure, Mariano could go out there; he could throw the fastball. And I would think Josh Allen's fastball is off script. It's off schedule. It's when he gets outside the pocket. What he can do with his arm, throwing across his body. You talk about closing windows. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and 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 flicking a ball 50 yards down the field while you're throwing thir- while you're running 13 miles per hour, which again is just categorically insane. Um, what do you make of if? The in pocket, Josh Allen can get rid of the football in less than two and a half seconds, and do it with this level of accuracy. Yeah, this feels like the evolution of Josh Allen and how he evolves his game to not be the next Cam Newton, mm-hmm. a guy who, once those skills deteriorate because of injury and and wear and tear in your body, Cam can't play in the league anymore because he is not that precise in pocket passer. What I think we saw yesterday or on Thursday night from Josh Allen was what the future could be with Josh Allen, which is a guy that's not going to run the ball 10 times and be running over defenders when he's 31 years old, but a guy that still has the arm capabilities, but has that time, that has that fluid, anticipatory style that could throw with accuracy. It just wasn't accuracy, Aaron. It was elite-level accuracy.
0: Yeah, it was surgical
4: at times, right? And it, it was reminiscent...
3: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with
2: permission.
4: Again, I hate to keep drawing back to it. It's reminiscent of times where that Patriots offense would get clicking and they would just move the ball for 80-yard drives down the field, but the difference with a Josh Allen than a lot of the quarterbacks that can do that in the league, I think Tua can do that. I think Tua can uh, t- get yes, going absolutely. and get a drive going and do a d- d- dink and dunk. The
1: difference, though... And, Tua and I,
4: can't do the digs play. And
1: when you can do the off-schedule stuff, yes. the stuff in the pocket becomes that much more dangerous because right. teams then can't cue on you. Yes,
4: right. And you have to bring up support. If he's picking, right. picking you apart... Uh, you, you got to bring that safety down. You've got to bring somebody down, and then, then you're playing with fire with Josh Allen. And the fact that he can run you out of coverage he can throw you out of coverage uh defensive coordinators must have nightmares getting ready to play this team because there's really not you not a lot you can do this Rams scheme is a sound scheme i have not gotten a chance to go back and watch the all 22 with the offense yet i spent most of the morning uh going through the defense because that was mm-hmm. very sexy to a me. lot of sexy stuff on that uh, side but yep. the, I, i'm interested with the offense because of what you're saying like some of that quick drop game like getting open and here's the thing I'm I'll call out your boy Stephen Ruiz again he's not the only one a lot of people this off season were saying you know, with Dayball leaving and Dorsey coming in and, oh, but they've got Josh Allen. He just kind of runs around and makes plays. And he, yes, he can do that. But that is not the average Josh Allen play, even last year, right? Like there was a number of times where this team led long, sustained drives, dinking and dunking and Allen picking apart defenses. Like he can do it. it, it he's just growing in it Yeah. Uh, as he goes. So a lot of people try to take the mental part of the game away from it, just say hey he's this physical freak that can make every throw and he's bigger and faster than everyone that is true but he also has the mental side which that's the thing that separates him and that we haven't seen we've seen big physical freaks guys that can make every throw I, we haven't seen this total package where they put it all together
1: yeah and and obviously the run game is probably the one area and i know sean mcdermott wants to see better from the run game and and i think ken dorsey does too because i do think there is this desire and there has been a a constant desire for this Bills team to Bills team to be a little bit more unpredictable, to have a effective running game. Nobody and I know you, I know me, no one here wants to see them run the football more than 25 times in a football game like they did. Um I think though I've always had this desire to see them be more effective as a traditional running style team, a guy that a team that can turn around and hand the ball off to anyone regardless of whether it's Singletary Moss Cook But just be effective. And and I do think at times, Devin Singletary averaged six yards a carry. Um, I, I thought sometimes that they almost, and maybe this is my one critique of Ken Dorsey, and this isn't always on Ken Dorsey. And I think this is important to remember how coaching staffs work. Sean McDermott mentions this all the time, and he mentioned it uh, in postgame yesterday when he was talking about James Cook and whether or not you know they wanted to give him another opportunity to get out there and, and sort of earn it back. And he immediately referred to the running backs coach and the reps that he was giving. The running yes. backs coach is going to be really ultimately responsible for who gets the reps in these games. Right. For the most part, unless Ken Dorsey goes down and says, like I, I want Secretary in the game. Which yeah, there's, yeah. I think I might have wanted uh, a little bit, but I-, I look at it like this. I think Devin Singletary right now is pulling away once again after week one as the guy that they can rely on to be their number one running back. The question I have is behind him, Mm -hmm. you know, Zach Moss finishes with two and a half yards per carry. He doesn't really bring the juice as a runner. I, I can see his value in short yardage situations in the red zone, you know, on the goal line. Six catches is a lot for me. And I think part of this was, James Cook got in the doghouse a little bit after that fumble. I think a lot of those six catches are probably going to James Cook in some of those situations, sure. and we'll see a little bit more explosiveness. But James Cook, or um, Zach Moss is catch and fall, and like that just really wasn't conducive to them really getting a lot of the passing game out of the running backs. But I, I would have liked to see more from Zach Moss. I, I think, though, at this point, Aaron, it kind of is what it is with Zach Moss. Yeah, it's it's
4: inconsistency. He had a couple or one nice run, and then other bad runs that take off that and and give him a 2.2 average. Right. And not getting enough reps is hard to overcome inconsistency. Right. Like if you're a guy that's getting 20 touches a game, you can have some bad runs as long as you break off enough to make sure that you're somewhat efficient running back. Moss has never really been able to do that, but he's also not the running back that gives you the confidence to continue to go to him. Right. Where Devin Singletary, almost every time he's touched the ball again going back to week eight last year in his rookie season he's continually show you that the more touches he gets the more productive he is or at least efficient right like and he can do the things of taking the swing pass uh on that second or the first drive of the second half he took that swing pass makes a guy miss in space which we haven't seen a lot from bill's running backs outside of Devin singletary the last couple of years and then he runs over a guy for the first down like It's not great. He doesn't possess any great traits, but he's always productive. He's always getting stuff done. So it bothers me that they do go away from him. Uh, I understand it's going to be somewhat of a rotation at this running back position. But, man, it's hard as a fan to sit there and watch these games and see production and your team moving really well with Devin Singletary. And then the next drive you go to Zach Moss and things start to sort of stall out. And then you don't really see Devin Singletary come back in for a couple of drives. And I think I understand frustration of saying, why aren't we going to Singletary more? But I think Moss does have a role on this team. I think Mm -hmm. they see a role for him. And part of the reason why he's going to be game day active, in my opinion, is the uncertainty of James Cook and how he's going to perform in the NFL. We know what he did in college. That's cool. I want to see that translate to the NFL. We don't know that it will. And if something was to happen to Devin Singletary in a game... Do you think Sean McDermott and the offensive staff feel really great about, okay, now James Cook is running back course. one? And
1: I think that's why Moss was, was active yeah. and why Shakir was pass wasn't. protection. Pass protection,
4: right? right? like You don't want him in there. Even if you say, okay, well, we can abandon the run, Devin's out, you still need that guy to come in and pass protect. I just don't think they're comfortable there yet.
1: So the other thing I want to ask you about, and we'll stick with the running game, is 10 carries for 56 yards and a score for Josh Allen in this game. Um, you know, I, I, I think part of this is going to be a part of the maturation process. And they say... That men, in particular, age 26, 27 years old, is really where where men start to mature. And I think you're seeing Josh Allen as as a man mature into the body, into the into the player, into the person that he is right now. What I need Josh Allen is to start right now to be more strategic in picking his spots. When you're up thirty one to ten in the fourth quarter, I don't need you putting your head down fighting for an extra yard. Um, you know, I, I need you to slide. I need you to to avoid some of that contact without sacrificing. Who you are and what you do, and your fastball, and all the great things that Josh Allen does. He, Josh Allen, can't be Josh Allen if he's got a hurt shoulder. Josh Allen J- can't be Josh Allen if he's got a torn ACL. And yeah. and I, you have to recognize that as a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound guy, these defensive backs are no longer the Nick Scotts of the world. Those guys are not going to want to be on Sports Center, and they're not going to go at you at your yeah. waist. They're going to submarine. You're going to take your legs out, and when you're playing into some of these sticky turfs you see across the league. That's how injuries happen. So I think for me, I need one of these running backs to start unequivocally stepping up so that there is not such a reliance for Josh Allen to be 90% of this offense. And in this game, that'll win him an MVP. But to, to last 17 games, the way that he played on Thursday night is asking a lot of Josh Allen. And I think for his own sake his longevity, but for him to be healthy all season, for this team to win the Super Bowl that they're predicted to win, Mm -hmm. he's got to play all 17 games, and he's got to hit his stride like he did last year. It wasn't always pretty midseason. We know about the Jacksonville game. We know about that opener against Pittsburgh. It wasn't pretty all year, but this offense found its stride over the last three weeks of the year, and it really bled into the playoffs, and we saw two... Damn near perfect performances from Josh Allen because he hit his stride late in the season. And you can't do that if you're laboring because of a high ankle sprain or you're doing those things towards the end of the season. So for me, the the, the reliance on Allen as the runner, I think a, a game like this, I think it's appropriate. It's on a national stage. You want to win this football game. I get it. But I don't want to see 10 carries against the Jets. I don't want to see 10 carries when you're up 31 to 10 late in the fourth quarter. I just think that that he himself has to pull back just a hair in those late game situations where yeah. he, where the game's in hand. I don't want him pulling back in the third quarter down a score or a tie football game. But when you're up three scores, I I need you to have that 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 wherewithal. And Ken Dorsey wasn't calling those as as designed quarterback runs. They were just Josh Allen being aggressive and wanting the ball in his hands. And I. It's such a double-edged sword. I don't want to take away the things he does does great, but right. I also want him to be understanding that there's a way bigger picture here.
4: So it's a lot to unpack. I think, one, Josh Allen is a rare personality type in that I think you'd have to pull him off the field. If you want to protect him from doing that when the game doesn't matter, I think you got to take him off the field. I, I don't say this very lightly. He is wired... Similar to like a Kobe Bryant, similar to I totally you know, agree with that Tom Brady's probably more careful because he 's not as athletic, uh, but those guys, the Tiger Woods of the world, like uh, I just watched that Tiger Woods documentary, and like Josh Allen has that same type of wiring where they are just so highly competitive that you almost have to protect them from themselves yeah right like that's right uh, and so I think it does get to a point of Dorsey really having to protect Josh from Josh in situations like that and just understanding the situation or either get him out of the game right if you don 't want him doing that but To another point you made, you know, when the Bills got hot last year, they also increased Josh Allen moving the ball with his legs. I think it's such a dynamic that it It is. is unlike anything else in the league that I've been on team weaponized Josh this whole time, whether it's the design stuff or when it play breaks down, he is getting better at you know, in the pocket, not just running, right? Like he, that Steph Curry step back type stuff to make space. So it is improving. He's not doing it as often just to break down the play. He is looking to pass, but having that dynamic pulls teams out of certain coverages. He talked about it with Chris Sims. Like, Hey, if people want to play too high, I'll run it all day and and pull them out of it. Like, and we'll pull them out of it real quick. So that's
1: where I think you need to be able to rely on Devin Singletary on Zach Moss on, on, because it shouldn't be up to Josh Allen to do everything. It shouldn't be up to Josh Allen to move defenses into better looks for them offensively. I want them to feel like they can rely on Devin Singletary. And here's the thing. All, I think every opportunity myself, I, I'm not, I won't throw, I won't say that you're maybe you'll agree with me, but I'm not going to put words in your mouth here, but, I have, and the team, frankly, has done everything to give everyone else other than Devin Singletary an opportunity to take Devin Singletary's job. But he just keeps rising to the occasion. He keeps doing more than enough to show, like, he is the guy. Even though everyone wants to sort of take it away from him. Yeah,
4: I, I honestly believe. I said it was probably a little hot on the podcast this year. I said I think he is a top ten production back in the NFL. Yeah. And, and he might not be top 10 talent if level If he got guy. the same
1: touches as Christian McCaffrey, I don't know how much different they would be. Now, Christian McCaffrey's a different animal because yeah, he has those long plays. It, yes, and the Devin potential's Devin, higher. That's right. Devin Singletary yeah. doesn't have that like gear. But if he got... 500 touches in a year he's explosive though yeah it's
4: not explosive in like the in 60 yard, yard plays it's just, like a 15 yeah. yard play and yeah. stuff like that which counts for running backs to be explosive yeah i don't get it, it that w- is one of the few things that you know i would love to sit down in a room with that staff and just mm. say why you know yeah, that, yeah, yeah. i don't question the staff a ton but it could lately, just be a
1: philosophy that they don't believe in the workhorse then they may never a even rotation if they, even if they had if they, even if they had done the thing and traded for christian mccaffrey this offseason yeah. right which nobody here really wanted sure. but had they done that Like, Christian McCaffrey's probably not seeing 25 touches a game. Yeah, Not this
4: offense. Workload matters to the staff. They've talked about managing different guys' workloads. We saw a slight dip in Diggs' production, although his targets were right there. We saw a slight dip, and they talked about managing his workload throughout the year. They understand. They are in line to play twenty football games. Yep. This year. And I think they understand that at the medical side of the game and what's required
1: to, to stand up and, and withstand twenty games. And and I,
4: managing that you want Devin fr- Singletary in January and February, right? This
1: franchise Understand sports science better than a lot of other franchises, yeah. and there's no, there's no. I don't think there's a coincidence that they lose some of the least amount of games to injuries than any team in the league. Knock they understand. It. Is this it. real yeah. wood right here? That, this, oh, that, okay. At the end of <laughs> it, yes. Yeah. So let's grab one phone call before we take a timeout and switch things to the defensive side of the ball. We didn't even really get to talk about the wide receivers, uh, but I mean, we don't there's not a lot to talk
0: they're about. Awesome. They're 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 amazing.
1: Let's go to the, let's go to the phone. Let's go to Sean, who has been waiting patiently. Sean, you're on with Nate and Aaron here on Sports Talk Saturday. Welcome.
0: Hey, welcome, guys. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. I was just listening and completely completely agreeing, especially about Josh Allen. You know, he's a special talent. He has proven that thus far up to this point in his career. And one of the only ways to take a true competitor you know, out of the game is to pull him out of the game, I think. No matter what the score is or when he's in there actively playing, he's focused and he's looking downfield. And when he sees those lanes, he takes off. And that's just part of his game. Um, and as of, you know, having played offensive line in college, I understand when you got a guy that's like that and you understand that that's how he plays the game. As the offensive line and the tight ends and, you know, the wide receivers having to understand that about him, having some better blocks downfield as well as soon as he takes off. Because, like, when we were watching the last game, they're getting a couple cheap shots in on him, I felt like at the end. And, I agree. You know, doing a little stuff under the pile. That cannot happen. And, you know, I saw Spencer Brown getting a little, you know, Get off my guy! And, yep. you know we got it. We got the number one quarterback in the league, so they better be willing to do what it takes to protect him. Understanding that that's how he's going to play the game.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, Sean. Yeah. And and I think too the interesting part about Allen, and I think you you said it without saying it, he has one gear. He doesn't yeah. have the ability, and that's like the that's yeah. it's funny to say, but it's like that's like the golden retriever in him. Yeah, he just does not have that. Okay, because I think when he's on the field of play. The key is turned and That's it's it. on. You don't and it off. There's no gears. There's no lower gears to get into. No. It's just you're either you're either Josh Allen or you're not. And and I do think though that that part of what I'm talking about is that maturation process, the becoming a little bit more mature of a player, understanding that your availability is really the entire reason this team is in the Super Bowl window that they are. Alright, we're going to take a timeout on the other side. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about the defense. We have so much to get to on that side of the ball. So we'll do that. That's coming up next. I've got Aaron Quinn, a cover one, joining me in studio live for the first hour. We've got Mike Tenier, um, a football outsider. He's going to join us at noon. Matt Verdaram, a fan sided at 1230. And we'll take some more phone calls 803 551 552 You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. All right, welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday here on WGRS. I guess we could call this a special Sports Talk Saturday. I'm Nick Geary, live in studio. With me is cover one's Aaron Quinn. We're talking Bills-Rams, so I guess it's semi-special. Um, Aaron, let's uh, dive right into the defensive side of the ball, and I know this is the area that maybe you have the most fresh in your mind, yes. having uh, rewatched the game in all 22 and um, getting an opportunity to watch this defense at work. Let's start with the, defense, the, the line of scrimmage and this mm. defensive line, and I mean, again, I think the whole defensive line probably has earned an hour of of on-air content, but let's try to make it into like a 10-minute segment here. But the defensive line from edge to interior not only functioned at a high level um, and dominated the line of scrimmage against a, an offensive line that's probably the bottom 10 in the league, there were... When it doesn't matter whether it was AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, Von Miller, um, Tim Settle, it just did not matter. The entire rotation dominated the line of scrimmage, Aaron. So, this is a defensive line that has two sets of starters. Mm -hmm. The backup defensive line could start in Houston,
4: Mm -hmm. Shaq Lawson could start. Yeah on uh, a number of these teams Correct. right like uh i forget who tweeted that out at it's the shots. start of the game shots, Aaron shots yeah, yeah Aaron shots tweeted that out before the the start of the game that like there's a number of teams that even if it not starter but rotate a good heavy rotation right. end and isn't non-active for this bills team which is just incredible uh they did it half the game were actually i think they exploded really in the second half of that game half the game was without ed oliver who i think is the second best defensive lineman on this team next to von miller i like, agree uh and and so for them to be able to withstand an injury like an ed Oliver and continue to just wreak havoc is incredible. Uh sending that rotation, you know, I think a lot of people for years have made fun of the way the Bills rotate that defensive line and like hey, you never really let anyone get going. That really showed up in a big way towards the end of this game. And I think that the it was so hot down on that field. It's the first week of the season. The Rams didn't really put put in reps and I think they wore them down as that game went on. And they were just relentless and bringing in news, big athletic guys. And that's tough for any offensive line to handle for an entire football game. So uh, I love that rotation, Uh, bringing in Tim Settle, getting back Jordan Phillips. I've been pretty critical of Jordan Phillips in that I didn't think his sack production that one season was, it was an anomaly. It was a bit of an anomaly, yeah. but the way he plays and how this system works it is such a good fit to what have
1: a big athletic guy in there. What do you lend to the difference we saw or have seen in Jordan Phillips as a bill compared to everywhere else? Like, Is it just is it as simple and as simplified and unnuanced to say that it's just the scheme? Or is it because... There's a role for him on top of just being what he was on Thursday night. He is a spark plug for the rest of that defense. They sort of go as he goes, and that's so rare for a depth-level defensive lineman to be a spark plug for an entire defense. Uh, This is
4: going to sound like a cop-out, but some of the stuff that gets just like tossed around as cliches and coach speak like the the trust the process stuff and come to Buffalo to be the best version of yourselves. like this stuff's true Uh, we heard we've heard Shaq Lawson talk about going elsewhere and coming back here and it's different we heard you know we heard Jordan Phillips say the same thing we've heard guys say this over and over again Uh, guys that were not here before and come here for the first time that been to multiple teams talk about it Uh, Josh Allen had a great interview on Jordan Palmer's podcast Mm. I implore everybody to listen to it he had him on for a good hour and a half of the podcast and they we're talking uh Kyle Allen who's Josh Allen's best friend has been on multiple teams already in yep. his short career. Jordan Palmer had been on multiple teams and they talk about the way they see this culture and and what they're doing in buffalo and he's like that is different and it really does matter at this pro level all that stuff matters and so i think you know to simplify it i think these this coaching staff means what they say and come to buffalo be the best version of yourself and they allow people to be themselves and do what they do best and for jordan phillips it's being a huge massive human being that can fly around to the ball go get the ball and find it now that is going to render some things in the run game sometimes where yes he had a fantastic game and got a lot of pressures There'll be some games where he gets washed on the line of scrimmage this year and people are going to get frustrated and gives up a big run. But I think you kind of take some of that. And that's why he's not going to be a primary guy anyway. That's getting 60, 70% of snaps. Sure. Uh, this rotation though is so nice in that everybody knows their role. Like when they had Phillips and Tim settle in there on passing downs and you're looking at the size of those guys in all 22 yeah. and then you see the ball snap and how they can move step for step with defensive ends. Like that's, a terrifying prospect for offensive coordinators because now you're starting to be able to get these guys that can run stunts and come from all different spots. And That's you're, right. If you can get pressure with four, with what Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier scheme up on the back end, man, that we might be seeing this defense come to its crescendo uh, of years of putting this scheme together. Getting the defensive line right and getting it to be a, a team that just gets to the passer changes everything.
1: We won't have enough time to get into what I believe to be the biggest difference for this defense this year against the run, and I'm really excited to see what this looks like next week, but Daquan Jones next to next to Groot Oof. is big people. An elite level run stopping side of your defensive line. Um Greg Rousseau, by the end of this year, will be considered one of the best edge run defenders in the league, I, th- I think. Now, whether that turns into him being ever being a double-digit sack guy, um, he is sort of he's like... He's right there he, on my every play. He is. He's going to get the pressures. He's going to be that guy. But, like, I'm fine if he's an 8 sack guy, but is the pound-for-pound best edge setter in football. And mm. on, on Thursday night, it was evident to me that he is continuing to grow his game. Daquan Jones will just probably never get talked about as much as he probably earns it. Sure. He brings so much steadiness, so much strength and 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 anchor ability. She's taking two people. Yeah, yeah, just every play. I mean, that was really impressive. But I wanted to quickly touch on Von Miller um, because it wasn't so much as that Von Miller looked like he earned, was worth every dollar that the Bills spent on him this offseason, that he looked like he still has a lot of juice left in the tank. The Von Miller we saw on Thursday night looked like – Perennial Defensive Player yes. of the Year Von Miller, not yes. just he's here and uh, he got his six-year, 120 million dollar contract. Now he can ride into the sunset. No, no, right. no, no, no. Come in on Thursday. I back to differ. Yeah. Uh, Von Miller walked in here, and the mindset that he's brought has 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 echoed, and it is it's rubbed off on everybody else on this defensive, uh, the entire defense uh, defense in total. He looks like he could be in the race for Defensive Player of the Year this year. Uh, dude, I mean, if he.
4: Uh, I don't believe in on pace stuff, but the way he looked, I said it right on our post-game show, this is Defensive Player of the Year look and feel to him, the way he's exploding. Yeah, no, it's all juice. There's not a half, a couple left of juice for Vaughn Miller. I think people forget he got injured in Denver, right? Like, there was times where he was dinged up in Denver, and sometimes, you know, and I urge people with Trey White coming back, sometimes it takes a full year and a half for a player to have his rehab recover and get back to the way they were. And that was the immediate thing for me with Von Miller was it looked like he is finally back to who he was in his Denver days, in his prime days. And I don't know how much left of that he has, but to start this year, it doesn't look like it's going to die down for 2022 at all. I mean, this was all juice from him every play.
1: All right, let's take a timeout, and then on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more. We'll talk some defense here and uh, and get to more of this. I got Aaron Quinn in studio with me of Cover 1 here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Joining us now for his weekly segment with the latest on the current odds for tonight's games and this weekend's matchups is John Price from Sports Information Traders. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning. We are, uh, what, less than 15 minutes away from the avalanche of college football starting, and uh, it's going to be a really, really great Saturday. A lot of exciting games, a lot of value on the board out there, and, you know, uh, normally this time of year when we come on the radio, we talk about uh, letting our people uh, come on board for the entire season for 50% off. I mean, a lot of people out there listening are going to be wagering, have accounts, and are going to be on games today. We want to give you an opportunity to see why we're the best in this industry, and this is what we're going to do. We're offering five plays for $149. Now, three of my five private plays are today, and two are tomorrow. So three college, two NFL. It's only $149. Our website is sportsinformationtraders.com. Again, it's sportsinformationtraders.com. And uh, very, very important – Go to our website. You'll see it right there. You can buy it directly on our website, $149. And it, it, this is not a qualifying situation. So if you're a big player and you call in or you sign up, the price is the same. We just want you to be on board, follow our games, let us manage you through the weekend and show you how to make some money. Okay.
1: Awesome, John. And uh, any thoughts on this? Uh, give give us a, a prevailing thought on this Texas-Alabama game. Uh, like, I, I kind of keep thinking that Alabama is just going to cover and that's going to be that. But Quinn Ewers, like, is this a game that you want action on today?
3: I won't be touching this game uh, personally, but... Um, I feel like I'm with I you on did, that. <laughs> well, I, I did I did go on the radio in Austin uh, this week, and and we did talk about this game at length, and I... I do feel that this is going to be an exciting football game. Obviously Quinn Ewers is a young stud quarterback in Austin and everybody there is aware of him and you got Alabama coming in and it's just, it's staggering that any team would be a three touchdown favorite in Austin, but Alabama certainly worthy of it. I mean, this line opened at minus 14 and now it's at minus 21. So the public wasn't bluffing uh, with Vegas's lines. And I mean, what I would say is this, uh, I was going to talk about a different game with you, but what I can say is this, cause I know a lot of people will be watching. I don't think this is going to be an explosive game. I believe the total is, uh, is somewhere in the sixties. Uh, and I, I do not think this game is, is going to go over that total. It's just an assessment. Um, you know, I think when it's all said and done, Alabama should take care of business, but, um, I would lean towards a lower scoring game and by that I don't mean 13 to 7 I mean like a you know 35 to 20 type of football game you know but what I would tell you is this um as everybody gets ready to sit down and watch football today be uh, included you got the couch you got your drinks you got your food <laughs> and and there is nothing better than making money while you're watching football and a lot of people listening to me right now have accounts they're doing parlays they're throwing out money at different games, and it's all fun. And, I mean, if you're not wagering on sports now, you're in the minority. I want people, before these games start, give us a call, 866-441-2711, or you can go to our website, sportsinformationtraders.com. Five plays, $149. The price does not change. We have three college plays today. We have two NFL plays tomorrow. And we've not been on here before in this city. So you will be a new client, which makes you qualified for it. All you need to do is give us a call or go to our website. You'll see it at our website, sportsinformationtraders.com. You can buy it right there. There's a Buy Now button. One of my analysts will reach out to you, get you on the three plays immediately, and then tomorrow on the two NFL plays. And you will learn before you go to work on Monday morning and get ready for that next Bills game. This is why we're here. Go to SportsInformationTraders.com. dot com,
1: and you'll be with us every Thursday, correct, John? Before Bills games, so uh, if folks are especially trying to focus on betting Bills games, you'll be there to help them, right?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can capitalize on on Bills games. I I thought a really great prop bet the other night was Josh Allen plus one hundred and sixty scoring a rushing touchdown, and I was actually shocked by that because anytime the Bills get inside the five-yard line he's yeah. a legit threat he's a legit threat so plus 160 means that that's an underdog play that means that you're getting a uh, dollar 60 for every dollar you're wagering you're making money more than your actual risk is so you look at these bills games and and there's value within the game there's value on the sides on the totals you're going to see the total numbers go up exponentially with the bills when they go on the road and hang that many points on LA like that? It's got odds oddsmakers thinking that they need to open those totals up a little bit higher than maybe expected. And this is going to be an interesting year for the Bills because I, I almost look like the Bills have switched places with the Chiefs in terms of the respect that they're going to get in the lines. You know, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and you saw that the the lines the following year, they were getting they were they were seven point favorites on the road. They were you know 14 point favorites at home and it's because they expected Patrick Mahomes to go out there run his offense and be unstoppable i see the bills barring any major injuries getting that same type of respect and the, and the the championship future odds on the bills are are very good right now and going down so we will have a lot to talk about with the bills this year there's a lot of value in nfl there's a ton of value in college And, again, I know today everyone's going to be watching college football. You're getting ready to turn the channel. When does your show end, 12? It ends at 2. 2. Okay, so keep the radio here, but turn your TVs on to the football games. It is going to be an amazing afternoon of football, and I want you to win with us. I don't want you to win just watching whatever team you like. I want you to win with us. Let these five games show you what we're all about. Go to our website, sportsinformationtraders.com. Five plays, $149, and that's it. There's no other attachments to it. You're not required to do anything else. If you're somebody who's betting a 1000 or $500 a game and you call in, you're still paying 149 We want you on these games. Go to our website, sportsinformationtraders.com.
1: Thanks, John. John Price from Sports Information Traders. We appreciate you and hear you right here on the station next Thursday.
3: Thank you. Have a good afternoon of football. You as well, my
1: friend John Price. There again of Sports Information Traders. Uh, all right, Aaron. Before I let you go for the uh, for the morning here, uh, let's just quickly touch base. Uh, linebackers, secondary. Uh, take the pick of the litter. Which one stood out to you more, and why?
4: Uh, honestly, we can just call it the whole back seven. Okay, I, I've, I've loved this unit. Cop out, but uh, I'm into it. It is a cop out, and I was a little bit concerned with the rotation of the rookies coming in, but I thought they held up pretty nice. Uh, Cooper Cup is going to get his against every team in the NFL. So I have no problem with him having production. It's almost like when you go play a LeBron James team, That's it's like you right. let him get his 40. If we stop everybody else, we'll be in good shape. That's yep. kind of how it went uh, for them. But no, I love, you know, you talked about it off air a little bit, some of the stuff they do with Taron Johnson. And I was not yeah. even trying to watch, cause I'm a big Taron Johnson stan. I've been for a long time. I wasn't even trying to watch him this morning. And my eyes just kept drifting towards him, both in run support, Yeah, them uh, being able to play nickel, no matter what an offense does is because of Taron Johnson johnson and that has so many ripple effects throughout this defense and then them sending him into the back half and in, in a cover two and having him go from almost the line of scrimmage yeah to in the back half playing a safety cover over the top like it's incredible uh i don't know that we talk about what an athlete he is all the time we talk about is you know the dog in him and all that but what an athlete to be able to do some of that stuff
1: yeah i i Taren johnson also stood out to me and if you watch the film too um for those that you know just watch it as a novice like Keep an eye when you watch when you're watching film on Taron Johnson because he's the kind of guy that is always around the football. He just finds ways to be a part of plays, and he's not the biggest guy, but the athleticism, the speed was on display on Thursday night, and his ability to allow those safeties to do more. Yeah, um, and the fact that they were doing so much with the safeties, bringing them down in the box and moving Taron Johnson back. That says a lot about Taron Johnson, but I think it also says a lot about their faith in Dane Jackson. Totally. And this is now a and defense. Tackling, at least. This is a defense, Aaron, that when Tredavious White gets healthy and he's back, we're talking about the depth in their defensive line. They've got two full units that could be starters. They have two units of corners. Of, and this used to be, I mean, going into Thursday, everyone's biggest concern was the rookie corners. Yeah. They've got... Four starters when Tredavious White comes back. And and, the st- and Day Jackson played darn
4: good. They did. Uh, you brought it up that like Allen Robinson was open at times. Stafford had a tough day because of that pressure and what that pressure can do. But that's going to be the thing. If they can do the 1 of 11, and again, that sounds like a cop-out, but if they can play within this scheme and the defensive line can do the things they do, I think it's going to be a field day for these defensive backs this year.
1: I think the emphasis is going to change this year. Yeah. The emphasis of coverage sacks to... Getting interceptions because the
4: tip ball. That's right. I think
1: there's there's a true, I think there's a philosophical change in what the Bills are going to be able to do because of how good their defensive line is. They're not going to rely on guys having to get uh, the Groots of the world and the Carlos Boogie Basham's getting a sack because the quarterback's holding on the ball for five seconds. It's going to be different. I mean, they're beating them off the line of scrimmage and it's forcing the ball out quicker. So maybe they don't, they're not going to average seven sacks a game but if they can force teams to get the ball out so quickly that all they can do is the short intermediate stuff yep. this defense is going to feast all year and as long, long. as you
4: can ta- as long as they can tackle on the back end which Benford's done a really good job of yep. Dane Jackson is actually very good at tackling if that as long as they can maintain that you get the ball out quick like i will challenge any quarterback in the league to go 10 plays against that defense I think eight, 8 out of 10 times that defense is either going to force you to punt or come away with the turnover so yeah if you can beat this defense 10 plus plays on an 80 yard drive congratulations because now Josh Allen's coming out and he's going to match those points but more times than not your offense is
1: going to stall out doing trying to pick this defense part that way alright my friend uh, and a quick breaking news item from Ian Rappaport the Bills and Safety Jordan Poyer have agreed to a reworked contract I like for 2022 that increases the amount he can earn via incentives from 500000 to 2 million and he appreciates uh, and and from Drew Rosenhaus Jordan appreciates this goodwill gesture by the Bills as we continue to work for a contract extension. It may not be the extension he's looking for but the Bills opening up an additional million and a half in incentives for him is a nice, is a good gesture from the Bills and it just goes to show you how much they're hyper aware of these situations that are happening.
4: They get it. Dude, this is a tough situation for Brandon and Sean McDermott. They love Jordan Poirier more than any fan does and it's just, this is the business and I think the goodwill is exactly Exactly right him saying it's a goodwill gesture it is it shows they care and they know it's a tough situation so good on them because I think again this goes back to culture this matters yes. that matters in the locker room this morning that they're doing something to offer Jordan more
1: Absolutely. Aaron, thanks so much for stopping thanks in the studio having me, guys. to talk, yeah. man. This was awesome. Uh, let's do it again for sure. Uh, we appreciate you. You can listen to Aaron and his co-host, Greg Thompson, on the Cover One Buffalo podcast. Yes, uh, where else? What else you got going on? Yeah, every
4: Wednesday night uh, on, on the Cover One YouTube channel and everywhere you get your podcasts and stuff. And then post-game show we also do uh, live after every game. And then follow the whole Cover One network. We've got a whole good team putting out a ton of content. So if you're not already on, if you're, on, if you're not on Twitter, whatever social media you're on, make sure you're following us because the, the whole team's putting out a lot of work. I I got a bunch of texts of all the articles that are going to be dropping here this week. So make sure you're getting in on all that. And uh, appreciate you for having me in, man. My pleasure. Having me into your
1: home. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to take a timeout on the other side. Football Outsiders, Mike Tanier, Talk a little bit more about Bill's Rams. Big shock here on WGR.